3: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts.
4: To help my struggling memory, uh, we we had a lot of fun, and gosh, I hope we're going to do it again this year with Fish Fry Fridays. Remember? Oh,
0: so great! We took the
4: show on the road. I think we started with St. Stephen's in South City, Delicious. your neck of the woods. And yes. Remember the one where we had an amazing. World War II veteran pilot. His name was Bud Heideke. Yes. That sat down with us. That was maybe the last one that we did. It wasn't Cottleville. It was, it was, O'Fallon, out west, think, it right? was O'Fallon. It was O'Fallon. Nick Shor yes. was there that day. He yeah. came by. I think he might have been on the roundtable. And Bud was, you know, he's very, very old, but he was really amazing. And um, he had toured the crash of a B seventeen Joker. He was in Belgium, I think, this summer. Well, I bring it up because we have that as one of our segments for tonight in about an hour. In the 5 o'clock hour. Also in the next hour, my friend Brian Katrick, who's with PGA Tour Radio. And a few weeks ago, we talked about these new PGA rules that mainly have to do with the golf ball. But it was also, like, the week that John Rahm flipped to LIV. So we'll uh, – in. And- for the most part, even though that happened after the interview with Brian, he pretty much sums it up. Yeah, he anyway, so that's coming up a little bit. I got to know Phil Bender this year. He is with Ms. Lou, the NIL collective here in St. Louis. And that's how these college football players and basketball players and other athletes are getting paid now with these collectives. It's a little confusing, but Phil it broke it down when I had a chance because I've spent some time with both coaches from Mizzou, football and basketball coach uh gates and coach drink basically i always have to be honest about this not because i'm a big fish okay but because i know big fish who might want to donate to the university and i have a lot of loyalty to mizzou and you know i love the university and the athletic department so that's how i got to know these folks and phil's fantastic he's full of energy so we'll feature that here in the next hour coming up um we have one more show tomorrow then we're all back on Tuesday. We have, I think we have a best of, but we will not be here in the studio okay. on Monday afternoon. Now, yesterday I promoted something, and then I realized that we, um the host had kind of screwed something up, so we thought this would be a better fit. We had this episode. It was actually included, embedded, if you will, in, in an episode of Sue's News yes, from earlier this year where Fred Bottomer admitted something that was quite stunning to the rest of us, right? He did not find it as amazing he as we did. But we'll replay this now, we'll just call it a legendary episode of Sue's News, and we'll get to what Fred told us that was so amazing. These allegations are deeply concerning.
2: Does the president have any
4: comment?
3: We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, Speedy Expert Service, Mr.
0: How about that? i always feel so proud when we when we (laughs) hear that i got
2: an email about it that's great yeah i love the new sponsor
0: Uh, by the way i talked to chad uh, who owns the mr appliance locally and he said they are they are first of all they're getting a kick out of uh, listening to it but they are locally veteran and family owned and they kind of specialize in kitchen and laundry appliance repair, and they try to do it the same day or the next day at the latest. Fred, let's get Chad on that's the air. That's great. Let's get
4: okay. yeah. him on yeah. for, well, not Friday, because Sue's off on Friday, but soon, if it's not tomorrow, yeah. if they're, if they're willing, Monday. we'd love to chat with him a okay. little bit before the segment. So oh, we'll that's a great idea. So we'll a little extra plug there. But thank you is sincerely from the bottom of our hearts, Mr. <laughs>
0: appliance, because it, it helps us quite a bit. So thank it you. does, yes. And on this day in history, 231 years ago, Fred, that's in 1792 because that's <laughs> a tough it. one. You understand? I was doing, I was doing the math. Yeah, huh The New York Stock Exchange was founded, and it was founded by brokers who met under a tree located on what is now Wall Street. So it literally began there. Wow. Isn't that interesting? 231 years ago today. You know, I, that's genuinely
4: something. Because I, I think if we went around the room here and just ask, Fred may be able to do it, but l- let's just have an explainer on how the stock market works and all this. No one can <laughs> no. do it, right? Couldn't tell you. I, nope. And I, you could probably put me in a class for an entire four years, and I still wouldn't understand it. But I, I'd love to go back to that time and see. That would yes, be interesting. The, would it? The, the early days. I'm sure there's books that have been written. Many. I'm sure.
0: I'm sure there are. And uh, 178 years ago today, a lot simpler. In 1845, the rubber band was patented. Huh? That is 178 years ago today. Think about, don't minimize the rubber band. No, it's huge. Yes. It's huge. I don't mean to minimize. And we do this, well I do this story every year because I'm always like, what? Okay. This has music. If 58 years ago today, in 1965, the FBI declared the lyrics of this song Louie Louie to be unintelligible at any speed and therefore cleared it of being pornographic. Yeah, I remember we talked about this.
4: That was a big investigation.
0: That's yeah, right. no one. What? I, and I love it. I love it every year. I I don't know who said is this pornographic. It must be. All I hear is like oregano. Has I it don't... already
2: been a year <laughs> since we talked about this? Yes. That's how
0: fast it. time goes. It's unbelievable. I,
2: I remember talking about it before though. But, yeah. yeah. That's. I think crazy. it says we gotta go. Right? I think so too.
0: Oh, I it's hear
2: not We gotta
0: go. Sounds much more re- like logical. I'm
4: going with Sue <laughs> oregano. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go. We, we got oregano. Speak. Yeah, let's see. That's. But you're right. Fred's much more reasonable. Oh, this is just a kind of a public service that announcement. If you have an old Gmail account and you want to keep it, but you haven't used it in two years, you've got to get rid of it. They're going to. Google is going to go through and sweep them all out. Mm. Do you have to
1: get rid of it, or do you just have to be well, on it to show that you're using Well, just get on there. It?
0: Thank you, Fred. You can go on there and uh, uh, show that you're active and save it. But if you haven't used it for two years, just, you know, it's like something in your closet. Just get rid of it if you're not using it. And it's j- not just emails. Uh, this is Google Workspace, the Google Docs, Google Photo, all of that. If you haven't been on there in two years, they're going to... Uh, Just get rid of it unless you do so first. Did you see the story of Priscilla Presley and her granddaughter, Riley Keough, coming to an agreement over the estate of Lisa Marie Presley? Heard about that. Yeah, I didn't see the details. Okay, there's no official word on the terms, but sources say Priscilla walked away with millions. But here's here's what happened after Lisa Marie passed away. Priscilla challenged a 2016 amendment to her trust that completely cut her out and left Riley, the daughter, and her son in charge of everything, and that's including Graceland and Elvis Presley Enterprises. And even though the media painted it as a family feud, Priscilla said, quote, as a family, we are pleased that we've resolved this together. I just am not sure if everybody's really happy. She said, Priscilla said that there was another addendum to the will that changed and cut Priscilla out and put the kids in there, but it also misspelled Lisa Marie, no, Priscilla's name, and it wasn't signed on the right page. There were some weird things about it, so that's how it stood up in court, but, and she was able to, but they never said what the new thing huh. is. But Riley Keough is, is Lisa Marie's
4: daughter. Correct. Is that true? Okay. All
0: right. Uh, so Riley, the, and somebody said the rumor is Riley and Priscilla will now be in charge of all this stuff. And Abby, what is she in right now? She's like, isn't she in a show currently? Oh, yeah. Six, oh, I have six, no idea. Yeah, she is. It's called Six. What is it? Anybody? Six something. Six something. Uh, you know See, what I'm talking know, about, know, or know, you, no, you repeat I, just I'm repeating what I'm just repeating what you said. All right. I thought Abby would no, uh, <laughs> know. She
4: was in Mad Max Fury Road. No, that's
0: not um, it. No, what no, no. I know. I'm six? just, I'm just talking about some of the things. Daisy Jones and the Six. Thank yeah, you. At least that was the right number was in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, the Department of Agriculture is thinking of removing chocolate milk from public school cafeterias. Fred, <laughs> did you drink the chocolate milk? Oh my gosh! It's the yes. only way you ingested milk, am I right? Oh yeah, all the way through mm-hmm. college too. Abby,
1: yeah, milk was the only thing I ever got at school. Chocolate milk was the only thing I ever got at school lunches <sighs> to drink.
2: Yeah, you know, snack line. Yeah, chocolate milk was for sure. I mean, far and above over normal regular milk. Okay, I right? yeah.
4: throw the red challenge flag on that one because I'm a big fan of regular milk as well. I do I do love the chocolate milk? But I mean, come on, if you're you're not going to dip chocolate chip cookies in chocolate why? milk, that's not. Yeah, it's cool. I would.
2: Why, why not? not? Absolutely. No, why, why not? not? Who no. said? Who said? Mark? I said. That's you, the thing. Oh you can
1: only do that at school. Parents can't stop you.
2: Oh, see? The best the best lunch, and I, I I never could do the two this combination, but I had seen it a lot at my school was the chocolate milk and like a bag of Doritos. People love the chocolate oh, yeah. milk and bag of Doritos. I remember it was like the snack line. Maybe you'd get the um what are the the powdered uh, donuts as well. Yeah. Oh, interesting, it. interesting. It was never my thing, but a lot of my friends did so, the chocolate milk Doritos and the donuts. round
0: it out a little bit of salt a <laughs> little sweet. I'm kind excited. of seeing it now.
4: I have mixed feelings about this, though. Here's an interesting uh, tidbit. My daughter, who's now eight, for years, and it was funny, I don't even know how this happened, but she would call chocolate milk high milk. She just said high milk. I don't even know. We don't know where it came from, but that's we always knew high I milk You could take was, a guess. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because my wife's in the can. I mean, high, high
2: people do like but,
4: chocolate milk. No, but she was two at the time. She All was right, two. So I'm going with no. <laughs> she has in the last six to eight months totally off of the uh, the high milk. She's now into regular milk. Very interesting. But I bring it up because this is what some opponents to this have said. Look, I, I get you know not allowing kids to have more sugar. As a parent and as someone who appreciates good nutrition and, mm-hmm. you know, you have an obesity crisis, but there is a point to be made if you're not drinking the chocolate milk, are the kids going to drink the regular milk anyway? And that's that's not a good thing.
0: That's right. And people against it say it's still a net benefit because it has calcium, potassium and vitamin D. And if their only option is regular milk, they may not drink it at all. Would you have, Abby? Nope. Nope. Fred? Oh, yeah. I'm you would have? You okay. like milk, but, huh? But Susan, oh, yeah. you're, you you're ride a bike,
4: and you've you've done you know long and bike rides and stuff. Milk chocolate milk end. is a huge recovery drink for athletes because there's a lot of protein in I used in to it.
2: drink chocolate milk after work. I was never, like, a big put protein powder in my in my shake or whatever. Well, I can see you. That's evident. I you know. know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am but not. Chocolate
2: milk, It was. I always thought it was, like, the natural protein, yes. you know?
0: Yeah, yes. I get that. That's why they give it to you at the end of a race, but... I well, I'm not anti-milk. I like milk, but I, I'm just Look saying. Milk like you. Thank I mean, you. <laughs> really. Thank you. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, I take that. I think that, I, I really think a lot of kids wouldn't drink it. I'm not talking yeah, about my, my personal per- preference. I think they, they would have just have so say, many
2: different options of milk out there. They, they got the oat milk, the almond milk, the goat milk. They, yeah. You know, all sorts so of here's different Here's something milks. else that's interesting is I, I don't buy, and
4: I, I buy this Fair Life stuff. You, you see the Fair Life I stuff? I have seen it. And I like it because here, here's the deal. It's it's a little bit more expensive, but it doesn't go bad. So I would buy, like every time I buy a quart of Skim,
0: and I only get Skim. I, I am on the same path as you, not the same one. I'm getting the organic, whatever it is, it lasts a month, right? than a week. I, if I buy... See, I'm going through a lot of milk, right? This is what happens.
4: Now I'm eating a lot of cookies because that's when I go through a lot of milk. I buy a gallon because I'm going through a lot of milk. Oh, the next week, I don't drink it. And then it goes back. So I get the Fair Life that I know I have it. It's, it's there. So um, it is a little bit more expensive. But my daughter, even though she likes regular milk now, I, I've always... Uh, not Maybe not when I was a kid, it was vitamin D or whole milk, but I've always... You know, drank skim milk, and I like it. It's, yeah, I know it's that good. some people are risk-averse. I'm
0: up to 1%. Remember when they had half? What are your thoughts, Fred? Um, I'm at 2% now. Used mm. to be 1%. Ooh, Through childhood, I was Fred. skim.
1: Oh, you're, you're heading oh. toward vitamin D. You're, oh. you're, you're heading to right? whole
4: milk, right? What is happening? <laughs> no, you're going the no, wrong
1: way. But I'm kind of embarrassed to say I drink a lot of milk. I think maybe... 2 gallons you'll just total have a glass a of milk 2 oh,
0: gallons week oh 2 gallons of
2: hold on wait I a minute, so. Fred
0: you should be drinking it now hold if you're on. having
2: that much when do you when do you, really? when do you yeah, sit down and think question. when do you think like a oh, glass of milk is like what is the s- s- situation right. yeah
4: Fred you're I- watching the Cardinals game it's the 7th <laughs> yeah. inning you just okay. did the stretch on your couch are you just popping a uh, cold a glass chocolate of milk, milk okay oh. all- in the
1: evening i will have okay in the way on the way to work in the morning i have this no huge cup that i drink of milk. Like some
2: people do coffee. I just drink <laughs> you this You do milk. This it, is I the... know it's kind of odd. You but... take a glass of milk with you in the car ride.
0: Yeah. I know that I've no often said this. It there's... helps me get through the traffic jam. I think Mark will agree. <laughs> I, that is the Fred Bottomerest thing oh, that yeah. Fred has ever said. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, and my wife will drink no milk.
2: <laughs> well, non- almond.
5: She'll do almond
2: milk. Will you drink almond. milk with like a sandwich?
0: Oh, yeah. No. Oh, oh no. What's wrong what's with that? I no, I like with milk with a sandwich.
2: Well, like, a, I don't know, like, you'll have, like, a turkey sandwich and a yeah. glass of milk. If
0: it's ice cold, I <laughs> will. Yeah, that doesn't sound it's so bad. Does that
2: not sound odd to you? No, it like, sounds, oh, it's well, so sounds good to me.
0: Tomato? I mean, I'm, I'm going with the Diet Coke. You but know yeah. I am,
2: too, for sure. But... <laughs> okay,
0: that story I thought would take ten seconds. We have dragged it into a... Okay, Fred brushes finally... his teeth and washes it <laughs> down. Gallon <of> <laughs> Two gallons a week, Fred. That's so much. That's a lot of milk. Is it... You got some serious bones, Ooh. I guess. <laughs>
2: yes, you did. Yes. Finally. Yeah, we're all going to be Sue falling news. apart
0: in, the, in our <laughs> 70s. Fred's <laughs> going to be strong oh, no. as an ox. <laughs> Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service, Mr. Appliance.com. Today's random fact. Okay, I I think I remember this. I don't know. Disney planned on building their second park in St. Louis, not in Orlando. Mm. Yeah, They that's developed... Because-
4: because of Walt's connection to Missouri. That's right. You I, I remember this.
0: They developed a park in the 1960s called Walt Disney's Riverfront Square, but it wound up falling through. It was in development from 1963 to 1965. Imagine that if that would have happened. And that's it for Susan News.
4: Sue, do you have a sponsor for Susan News by any chance? Since I that do. one was a little bit, you know, in the past, right? It was from
0: a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, it was uh, It's still the same one the fabulous Mr. Appliance Speedy Expert Service.
1: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?
4: I went to a great event last night with the uh, head coaches of the University of Missouri football program and basketball program, Dennis Gates and uh, Coach Drink and also Desiree Reed-Francois. I'm not always good at pronouncing her name, and she's awesome, too, but... The topic last night was um, name, image, and likeness for Mizzou athletes. And we're going to get, if you don't know what that is, I know, Sue, sometimes you get a little confused. That. Yeah, we're gonna I explain don't. It. It's going to be everything you always wanted to know about NIL, but we're afraid to ask. With Phil Bender, who's a St. Louis native, he lives out east now, he's the founding member of the Ms. Lou Collective. And we're going to explain all of this as we move through the next 15 minutes or so. Phil, how are you?
5: Fantastic. Good to be with you.
4: Thank you for coming in the studio. I'm very excited. You know I was at the event a couple months ago, and I brought a couple of friends of mine last night to get them inspired. Um, We were just talking a little bit. We graduated both same year, 1986 in Columbia, right?
5: Yeah, I'm surprised our past didn't cross knowing you now. Do you remember the bar Toads? Oh, yeah,
4: very chance? much so. So I, I disjockeyed at Toads. <laughs> I was like one of the main disc jockey, like Monday, Thursday, Friday nights. Uh, yeah. And Mondays, like you would think Monday nights at a bar, but in college it was like nickel beer night or something like that. Maybe it was quarter. I don't know. It, couldn't yeah. even do that anymore probably.
5: Well, I was a back bar at Harpo's guy. Ah, there yeah, there you go. Do you get back to Columbia? I do. With, I do. with
4: this or, you know? Um,
5: coaching, you know, in my coaching uh, career I I I get down there. Obviously, the NIL work now. I get back there. I go to homecoming religiously yeah, that's awesome. every
4: year. All right. So what? What? sometimes this is a little hard to get your arms around, but you have a situation right now in college athletics, thanks to a Supreme Court decision, where um, athletes can now be compensated. I right. mean, back in the day, w- when you go back um, decades, let's use like Doug Smith as an example, who was a great University of Missouri basketball player. I remember one time being behind Doug Smith in a drive through and he had a hell of a nice car. And I thought to myself, how is that guy getting that nice car? Well, back then, who knows what was happening, but it wasn't legal for donors to compensate athletes. The athletic departments couldn't do that. The court ruling changed all that, and that's sort of where we are right
5: now. Yeah, so so it's all kind of above board now, which is nice. And uh because it even's the playing field and and uh it it favors the the schools that are compliant, for example. Um but it's a uh, but a year ago, I was uh I was like most everybody in this audience that's listening in. I had no real understanding of it other than I kind of liked the concept yeah, because for all the reasons that they fought for it, which is they're using their name, they're using their image, and they're using their likeness. And so what I ended up uh, doing was um, hitting a University of Missouri event down in Naples because I do donate to the university, and Coach Drinkwitz was talking about NIL. And the vulnerability it's it's particularly in St. Louis because St. Louis is a good Mizzou town, but it it really had not been very active and the recruits were going away. And so he was talking about uh, he he mentioned there were six NFL draftees that year um, that were um, that were drafted. None of them went to Missouri. Hmm. So. You know, there's a real issue here. So Kids and,
4: from Missouri that went to other schools. From St. Louis. Could, from St. Louis in particular that yeah. we could
5: not keep here because we weren't competitive enough. We weren't competitive and, you know, there was a lull in recruiting and, and so on and so forth. But and so Coach said, look, this NIL opportunity in St. Louis is there. If we can get the top five athletes out of St. Louis football in this case, um, we and we can dominate our state, well, we can compete at a very high level. And so I was sitting in the audience, just like everybody else, had question more questions and answers at that point about a year ago, and I looked around in uh, in the in the room and I said, "Okay, who's going to step up here?"
0: Okay, you guys, I don't even know what this means. Does is this a fund then that yeah. that yeah. money goes into, and then how does it go out? Well, it, it's. Um, this but, is how dumb I am. About no, that's okay. I don't think I a mean, lot of people don't know this. When you guys, so, yeah, Phil, I, yeah, I think we'll get complete your yeah.
4: complete your story, and then we'll kind of get to the event last night. Okay. So you yeah. get inspired. These are great questions, Sue. Yeah, uh, and people are. don't know the answers. I didn't know this until a couple of months ago either. Right. So you get inspired to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to kind of take the lead on this."
5: Right. That's it. I just looked around the room, and I'm again, I'm an executive coach, so I look around the room and look for the leader. Can't find the leader, so guess what you do? <laughs> you're the leader. You are leader, the, leader, the leader, right? right? You're you're you're. So I just started on this path, started learning, um, had a connection with, uh, with an, an alum, Brad Luce, who's actually, his dad was my high school coach down at Melville High School. And we started a conversation. And then we fast forward. I tell coach at the end of the night, I said, you want to put 50 people in a room? I think I can help you. I'm from St. Louis originally, but I don't live there anymore. But I, I've got a lot of contacts. And he said, really? And I said, yeah, let's do it. So we started focusing on that and about june then we had about 15 in a room and in that room we raised about 750 grand toward NIL it was a very Oof. successful night and at that point i'll admit i said okay i can see this playing out i i'm at a stage in my career where i can spend some time lead this charge and then the only tough part for me was not being from st louis anymore right and now you fast forward now we're at a point where um, it's uh, it's ready. It's live. Ms. Lou is live. And uh, and we're working on raising money for the 550 athletes that are at the university. Ms. Lou is a marketing arm that funnels the money to every True Tiger Foundation, 501c3, uh, based out of Columbia. And so we're just... the St. Louis arm of this collective, like a club, if you will, that 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 um, motivates dedicated Mizzou alumni in St. Louis to donate money to this cause. So the
4: money then is donated, it's collected, it's put in the fund, and then how is it distributed? And is it true that the money that's donated by alums, for example, here in St. Louis, does that stay then for
5: the St. Louis players in particular? It's designed to do that, but it it you could have uh, an, an alum who donates and they say, I want the money to go to softball. There's, It'll go there. So there's a lot less restriction on this type of thing. But for the most part, we're focusing on St. Louis athletes. So you have
4: big big names, Sue, like Luther Burden Jr., who gets name, image, and likeness compensation because his picture's on the Red Hot Ripplets, and he's got a sponsorship deal. He's got a sponsorship deal with Mercedes in Columbia. But with some athletes, and this is, I think, an important part of this, Phil. You, you have Lawrence Bowers was in the room again last night. Lawrence Bowers played basketball for, I think, for Norm Stewart, right? I'm, I have to think about that. Uh, maybe not. It was a long time ago. I think it was after. Mike yeah, Anderson, I think. Yeah, it was after, right. Yeah, that was like 13 years ago for, for for him. I've gone through so many basketball seasons. But explain the story with Lawrence. He couldn't even have his mom see games, right?
5: Yeah, that was a interesting. Um, Luther's from Memphis. Or Luther, I'm sorry. Uh, Lawrence is from Memphis. And he, in his five years as an athlete, because there wasn't an NIL, just scholarship. Careful with that, Mike, Phil, mm.
4: Pull it around just you're looking at Sue, and I want to make sure people gotcha, can hear you. Yeah, gotcha. there you go.
5: You yeah, Thank you. So, um, so, um in Memphis, his mother, the five years he was at Missouri, his mother uh, saw three games because she couldn't afford to drive in, and and uh, um, he couldn't afford to bring her.
4: And it would have been technically a violation if, if, if I step in or Phil steps in and says, this is a terrible thing. I'm going to ha- I'm gonna pay for your mother oh, to come I here and say, look, that was but not allowed.
0: I thought NIL, this is what people think, maybe just me. I thought NIL was, if you got a sponsorship, just like the person to whom you referred, they got a sponsorship. I had no idea it had to do with private funds, that there was a private fund uh, donated by anybody from which you could draw for these Well, kids. that's
4: because this is very new. Now, SLU yeah. has a collective as well. You just launched the uh, Mizzou Collective in Kansas City, so this is all all very new. There is going to be a kitty of money, and then the money gets distributed. But how do you decide who gets the money, Phil?
5: Well, it, this is really a question that the executive director would be better answering, but I'll I'll give it my best. The, it, basically, there'll be an allocation-type committee that will make this type of decision, mm. okay, so that there's a fiscal responsibility, which was important to me um, in this discussion, so that you know you you won't see abuse um so there's allocation there's uh the foundation itself has their internal controls that they're utilizing and that's all based in columbia so
4: sue you have a player uh, coach gates or coach shrink made this clear last night let's say that they come here to st louis they're recruiting a player coach gates said you know what the number one question is that parents have do you have an nil deal that's the number one because if you are recruited by mizzou Alabama, the University of Michigan, the parents may want their kids to stay local, right? But if Alabama's offering more compensation, they're likely going to take that. The goal here is, and Phil, if I get any of this wrong, correct me. The coaches want to at least be on that level playing field to say, okay, if if that's what they're going to give you at some of these other schools, we're going to try to step up to the plate and make sure we can compensate at that level, or you're going to lose the recruit, right? So it's all about keeping these recruits, and in particular, the recruits in state.
5: Yeah, that's correct. And so I, I have this internal saying, I say nobody out recruits Mizzou in the Lou. Okay. Not without a fight. And we want to be in a position to battle. And that does take money. Okay. So so to be in that position where maybe maybe we're not in the ballpark but we're close enough and then the loyalty to staying in state is there. Obviously you gotta win, you've got to perform, all these things are in play. But to put, put yourself in a position to win, we've and compete going forward, we've got to be in this game.
4: Well, and, and you're doing a great job leading this effort. For people who might be listening right now, and, and by the way, you don't have to, there, there's big donation levels if you're interested. There's 10, like the other thing about this, is if you give 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, there's a five year commitment per year, but you get access. If you're a $20,000 uh, donate don- yep. donation, you'll get a text string with the coaches. You can go to a practice inside, you know, Missouri Arena with Coach Gates yeah, or, you know, over right. at the football field. So there's things that that this collective sells when it comes to access to the program.
5: Yeah, what, what I did was I thought about what I would want if I were a donor, and I created a client experience with Ms. Liu, and I ran, I it, love th- that. ran it through the university, uh, well, the ETTF, and I ran it by them, and they said, yes. They said, this should be different. It should be an access Focused. I want I want the donors to have a donor experience, access. Um, I want it to be more collective or club-like, and, and people want to gather. They want to tailgate together. They want to do things like that. So we have a, a number of different things in, that are involved, like the Memphis game this year in September. Which will be
4: here in St. Louis which, at the Dome. At, yeah, can't at,
5: wait. At St. Louis. Bragging rights, which is always a great uh, these are going to be tied into NIL opportunities. We have a big luncheon coming, and this is really a cool thing that that I think uh, the listeners will like. Is we're we know that most of these 550 athletes are not going to go pro, right? Right. You've seen that Very ad. Very minority. You've seen that ad on TV. What we're doing is actually doing a luncheon in, on June 23rd, um, and in that luncheon, we're going to have players there. And we're going to have donors there and guests and things of that nature. And it's going to be like a big career fair. Because wouldn't you want to hire somebody as a St. Louis business? Wouldn't you want to hire somebody or at least interview somebody that had that kind of dedication to their craft for four years or five years in their college? So we're doing these unique things that you you couldn't normally do. Now you're able to do because of the NIL experience.
4: It's an exciting time. I mean, some of this is, is complicated. Last night, Sue, they made the point that, you know, these kids, they they teach them financial responsibility. They have to teach them about taxes because they say, look, you're getting this compensation. You are going to get a tax bill. You need to be prepared Mm. for that. So they try to do as much as possible with the student athlete to make sure that they're
5: prepared for all these things as well. Yes. It's actually been, I think, a blessing in the fact that now they're paid more attention to during their college experience than before because they have to become adults faster as they manage money, as they pay taxes, as they are now a name, image, and likeness for the franchise, if you will, right? These are all things that that make a big difference. And so it goes both ways. You know, um, NIL transfer portal
4: goes both ways. Where can people find out more information? Give the website out because um, we're, we're running out of time here. I love what's going on. I love your energy. It was great to see the coaches last night. I met Mrs. Gates. Dennis's husband or wife is just fantastic. Isn't she she was really good. Yeah. So, what's
5: the website for people who want to maybe get involved here and learn more? Well, it's M I Z L O U. Okay, um, and it's uh, you know dot com. So, if they go on the search engine, uh, we, it's newly ramped up, but we're also on social media. Instagram, M-I-Z underscore L-O-U.
4: That's Phil Bender, who was with us earlier in the year, and I love Phil. I've gotten to know him and was at the tailgate when the uh, Ms. Lou folks tailgated right before the Memphis State game. Uh, I guess it's Memphis, whatever, when we played them at the Dome. Right. And it's, you know, Sue, you even mentioned this during the interview. Seems to be working, right? It does. Because not only the success of this season, but really the recruiting and some of the transfer portal kids that came over, that means they got the cash. Otherwise, they'd be playing somewhere else. Hey, Nikki Haley kind of stepped into it this week. So we're playing some best of shows, but I'll have an update on her presidential campaign perhaps ending. Coming up next. All right, let <laughs> me get to the uh, the Nikki Haley stuff. We're still running some interviews from the past year. Best of interviews on the Mark Career and she will do that in the next hour. A couple of good ones. Bug Bud Heideke, who, and by the way, I had Lloyd, who uh, I met at this event in O'Fallon, who has, um, Gotten to know me just a little bit, and he donated to the uh, the Tree of Hope campaign last year. But he reminded us, because I asked this question, O'Fallon at post 5077 is where we met Bud. And Bud was a World War II veteran and actually had just traveled to Belgium we spoke to him in the spring because this was fish fry, you know, during That's Lent. That's right. So he had just gotten back from Belgium where he toured the crash of a B-17 Joker. He's going to tell us uh, all kinds of stuff that really humbled us, I think, Sue oh, during for that sure conversation. sure Brian Katrick will be here also. An interview I did with Brian a few weeks ago on um, the new changes in golf. Brian is with PJ Tour Radio. He is outstanding, so we'll get to that plus audio cut of the day. I teased the Nikki Haley story. Have you heard about this at all today? I did. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. One one advantage that she has is no one's paying attention right now, True. right? It's it's a holiday week, but there obviously. And did you hear her explanation for this before? No, I, get I to, haven't okay. heard that. So she's on CNN, and it was I I believe it was a bit of a town hall, right? And not everyone was in the. Um, I don't think people were in the room, if you will. Maybe I I'm not exactly sure on that. So Caitlin Collins from CNN tweeted this out, and this is how I found it this morning. It says Nikki Haley was asked by a voter in New Hampshire about the cause of the Civil War. And so here's
2: what happened. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm not the
0: president.
2: I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. This 2023. It's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um, uh, you answered answer my question. Thank
4: you. Next question. Oof, that did not go well. Now, a couple things. Her explanation is that dude was a plant. And by the way. He probably was yeah, a plant because it, they do But it doesn't matter no. if he was a plant. And campaigns do this all the time. They shadow, you know, if you're out doing a, even if you're a candidate for a, a state house seat or something like that here in Missouri, you go out to an event and there's people that shadow you and they try to kind of get you in gotcha moments and they video and stuff like that. So maybe this was a plant, but that was a pretty legitimate question. And here's, for me, here's the more troubling aspect of that. I mean, it was pretty easy to say that slavery was a big part of what happened in the Civil War. But South Carolina's role in slavery, they seceded in order to be a slave holding state. So you would think that maybe the uh, ambassador would have a little bit more knowledge. And then she kind of flips it around in that moment on the guy that asked the question. And his answer, if you listened, was, you know, I'm not running for president right now, which is fair. But look, you're you're always going to have gotcha questions, right? This is and you right. have to be prepared. The problem is she didn't handle that gotcha question, and she didn't have to do a whole lot more. But when she said to him, "What do you think about slavery?" I don't think that that was a good. That, that was not a good, a good response. Right.
0: Well, what was her explanation? You said there was well one. that
4: it was that it was a plant.
0: Oh, okay. Well, so, I, I don't see how that's. Yeah, I don't. I don't particularly. Either. Here, I'll, I'll tell
4: you what. Uh, I'll tell you what she said in particular. Hold on a second here because I want to make sure that we get this right from her response. She was on a podcast here and um, eh, how can I, I think I spelled her name wrong. So hold on. You caught me unprepared. What? I, well, I don't know why because I shouldn't have. Um, now she's facing, facing major backlash. I had this story at my fingertips here and then it kind of disappeared. Um all I know is earlier she said, well, look, this was a plant, and people were pushing back on that because, again, as we've indicated, it didn't really matter if it was a plant or not. I'd have to look at this. I'll have to do it at the top of the hour because I can't find – you would think that that would come up right up. You know, I just did a Google search here you know, and it has I not ha- come right up.
0: I have to assume that they – prepare you as a candidate for all kinds of crazy questions.
4: You, they do, but, you know, in the moment— This would not can, be you, one of them. Well, may, maybe it's not, but, again, in the moment you think, um, I'm going to handle this pretty well, and then in retrospect you think, oh, I don't think I should have done that. But, again, even the response today— What um, was CNN saying?
0: What were people saying should have the DeSantis
4: saying Nikki Haley had some problems with some basic American history. Um, Haley said— If it requires clarification of saying, yes, the Civil War was about slavery, I'm happy to do that. In a Thursday morning radio interview, she accused the voter who asked the question of being a Democratic plant. Later in the day, at her next town hall—that was today, by the way— she was asked to clarify the comments again. We know the Civil War was about slavery, but it was also more than that, which is true, by the way. But she never used the word slavery. which That's was the problem. the problem. The problem is she kind of reversed it. Right. When asked why she didn't say that initially, she told reporters, to me, it was a given. Uh, and she's going to Iowa then in the next couple of days. So, again, does this linger? Does this stick with her? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But it's interesting to me. The dynamics of this race are fascinating because I think. That independent voters, voters who aren't necessarily beholden to the Republicans, um, and these would be more voters that would lean, they like Nikki Haley. They they think that she's, you know, a moderate, like a good compromise candidate. The conservatives, however, and the people that support certainly Trump and DeSantis, and I've heard this from mainly the DeSantis supporters, people— and I'm talking about big names, pundits, et cetera, across the country who are supporters of Ron Sands, who remain supporters. They do not like Nikki Haley at all. They don't like anything about her. They think she's kind of fake. They think she's an establishment candidate. Of course, she took the Koch brothers' money. So as a conservative and as someone who appeals to the base, she's got issues. Then you have something like this that comes along and she stumbles over it. It doesn't help her. Now, the great irony is, Sue, and, and this is where it gets tricky in presidential politics, The great irony is is that Nikki Haley probably, at this point, cannot win a primary, and she can't be the nominee. Let's take Trump out of the mix, just for a second, which she can't do. But would she be the preferred candidate if Trump wasn't in there? I, I don't know. Maybe the numbers would shift just a little bit, because people see, or at least they perceive, that she can win nationally. And that's my point about the irony. If somehow she would secure the nomination, well, you'd have a bunch of people that wouldn't be happy with her because she's not conservative enough, she's a rhino, whatever they want to say. But- if you have her as an op, you know, as an option to Joe Biden, the middle of the road voters, the voters that I refer to quite a bit because they don't pay attention. And I always have to put a little bit of an asterisk on that. I'm not criticizing people for not being more dialed into politics. I'm saying some of us, those of you who are listening right now, you care about the issues. Some people, men in particular, and this is a good example. I don't listen. I love sports, Sue. Yes, I know. I cannot listen, but I don't listen to sports talk radio. Right. right? There are a lot of men out there and they're probably not listening right now, that's their thing, right? They don't listen to politics. So I bring that up because there's a lot of people up there that get these little you know, blips in politics, and they think that they know what they care about, and they think they know what the candidate's about, and they're more likely to vote for someone like Nikki Haley,
0: I Here's think. the thing. If you do take Trump out of it, which is nearly, you know, just a thought experiment, who knows then how many people who would have been pro-Trump would have become well, that's,
4: that's exactly right. You, you don't know, and, and that's what makes this tough because, uh, actually, I think that you could predict that a whole hell of a lot of them would have yes. been. Yes. Because based on what was happening a year ago, Sue, I sat here a year ago. I remember taking calls in December and January, kind of trying to put my finger on the pulse of where this was going to head. And we had, and I was shocked, you might remember, in this audience, which I would think would be very pro-Trump, there were a lot of DeSantis people. Now, that's anecdotal, and we're doing a little small sample here, but polling sometimes is done with a small sample. But that started changing when Trump gets indicted, and then he gets indicted again, and he keeps building. The other thing that happened and one of the things that I said a year ago is I like DeSantis quite a bit. He seemed to be the guy that, you know, would do some of the same things, stand for some of the same things that Trump did without the baggage. Right. Right. But the one thing that I warned people about at the time and maybe you can say this about Nikki Haley. Look, running for president, that's a tough deal. It is. You're not running for Senate governor. You're running for president. You're going to be attacked from everywhere. Politics is a blood sport. It's dirty. Not everyone can handle things on the national stage. That's one thing you can never accuse Trump of. He's pretty good on the national stage. Right yeah. now, he may not be appropriate, but that's a different issue. But I think that in the end, as I assess what happened here in, in the last eight months or, or year, DeSantis has not proved himself on the national stage. And I do think that being a leader, being president, is more than just about personality because you can have, uh, you know, Ron, Ron's not lighting up the room. Right. That's <laughs> right? that's
0: it. That's it. it. But,
4: but should that be the deciding factor on whether or not that's someone who would be a good president? Well, it doesn't really matter because it is a deciding factor. Right. You know, people base their feelings and their votes on personality and on you know, impressions, well, et cetera. Do, well, yeah. right, not not everyone. But it does become complicated. So what's going to happen here in a couple of weeks during the Iowa caucuses? When we get back here on Tuesday, we'll have my friend Joe Curtinitis from Des Moines kind of weigh in. He's a DeSantis supporter. He'll be honest with you. And there's a lot of the supporters that are still hoping and praying, and I suppose Nikki Haley supporters as well, that something weird is going to happen in Iowa here in the next couple of weeks when people show up and they start caucusing. I'm to the point where I just don't, I don't see what the path is. You know, you keep hearing about all these people that won Iowa and then they faltered later. Well, that's not Donald Trump. He's, you know, these are Rick Santorum was not Donald Trump. So I think that kind of hope is not going to play off. This is going to be a weird year. You have 80 percent of the country, if not more, that doesn't want the two guys that are going to be the the nominees for president. So where where does that put people? Where does that put people when it comes to supporting RFK Jr.? Where does it put people when it comes to just voting and showing up?
0: I think uh, the RFK thing may uh, turn into something bigger.
4: Well, I think it's going to turn into something bigger enough to put a dent into one of the other candidates. Yeah, and, and uh, the question yeah. is how much, right? All right, we got Bud Heideke in that interview. Very inspirational. World War II vet. He's incredible. It's coming up.
3: Get more at 971talk.com